Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And what's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And what's up to you listening wherever you are tonight at WWL.com and the Radio.com app? I've been waiting for this show for a while, at least since last weekend. We're going to unveil the results. And look, these weren't secret. If you follow me on social media, at Seth Dunlap, you've seen these polls put up and become finalized over the last few days. But it is our second annual Last Lap Saints fan survey. And yeah, those polls are over. The results are in. We asked everything of the Saints fan base, at least Saints Twitter, about roster battles, which wide receivers are going to make the roster, Teddy versus Taysom, where the Saints are going to finish this season. Some of the results pretty darn surprising. And we're going to talk about all of those in hour number one and get your feedback as you can, well, kind of make your voice heard here in hour number one. In fact, I told uh, Tim Zimmer, he books the show. I talk about that a lot. Former producer, now works in the morning, but still part of the show uh, a little bit. I told him, hey, Tim, I don't want any guests here at hour number one because I want to have a conversation with everybody listening about these poll results and get your feedback on it. So our phone number is 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. Keep those in mind as the show progresses here. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com. When is it not too early to describe a player as a bust? When's it not too early to describe a player as a bust? Is it year two, three, four, five and beyond? We're talking mainly NFL players here, but I think this could also, and the reason I didn't put specifically NFL player, I think this would also translate well to the NBA, to Major League Baseball, any professional sport, really. And cast your vote at www.com or the radio.com app. Some of the guests tonight include a double dip inside NFL training camp. We go to New York. We go to Washington. Uh, pardon me. No, not Washington today. It's New York and Dallas. Uh, Jerry Foley and Dave Hellman respectively uh, respectively will join us scott shanley former nfl linebacker and super bowl champ on the program at 9 10 and my partner on the all-state sugar bowl prep football roundup the coach lou valden's on the show at 10 10 to talk prep football as the season is just a little over a week away in fact this week it's jamborees for most of the schools a little note here i saw a little beef between saint augustine and John Curtis, Curtis saying, hey, we were invited to the St. Augustine uh, Jamboree over the summer. And then all of a sudden uh, today or yesterday, St. Augustine canceled on us and St. Augustine kind of firing back and saying that's not the case. 
So a little dust up between two of the more prominent programs in the city of New Orleans or high school football. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter today. And I was thinking, oh, that's that's pretty interesting. Again, you can reach me at 870-870 on the text line. And I'm at Seth Dunlap on Twitter. And let's start taking a look at the results of this Saints fan survey. It's a now tradition, I suppose. It's two years in the making. Is that long enough to describe something as a tradition? I'm going to describe it as a tradition anyway. It's a new tradition. The Saints preseason fan survey. We asked you out there your thoughts on some of the biggest questions facing the team, a lot of the hot-button issues. And admittedly, this is a far-from-scientific look at the thoughts of the Saints fan base. But I wanted to do this as I think it provides a broader look at what – Everybody out there is thinking just before the season starts. Sometime us in the media, we, we get so tunnel visions and narrow, narrowly focused that we we don't quite maybe get the full scope of what fans are thinking, fan expectations, how they view um, the roster battles and the cut downs. And frankly, I think that's important because we're talking to you every night here on Sports Talk Radio. So I asked 10 questions, and we'll go over some of these, and we'll, we'll go over all of them. As the hour in the show goes along, one of maybe the most discussed things right now in regards to the Saints is wide receiver cutdowns, the battle at wide receiver. And I asked fans, which one of these receivers would you leave off the final 53-man roster? And I'm going to preface it with this. Like everybody agrees there's three locks to make the roster. That's Michael Thomas. Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn Jr. Those three receivers are making the roster. In addition to that, we have Deontay Harris, who, yes, he's a return man, punt and kick return. He's been sensational at that. But he's also listed as a wide receiver, might be able to give the team a couple handful of snaps each week. So he's going to be slotted in, yes, as a wide receiver also. The team typically carries five or six receivers into the season. If you count Deontay Harrison there, plus the three locks that I mentioned, that's four. Now, there is a possibility, I'm fully aware, that they go against precedent, Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, and company, and they keep seven receivers. That's why I put in here on the poll, unlikely but not impossible that all three of these guys make it. But realistically, at least one of them will not make it. So again, I asked fans, which receiver would you leave off the final 53-man roster? Austin Carr, Emmanuel Butler, or Keith Kirkwood. And really, this wasn't surprising to me because I've heard fans talk about this, and I think I was in the minority. 42% say Austin Carr would be on the chopping block if they were making the decision. 36% said Keith Kirkwood. 22% said Emmanuel Butler. Those are the three I put in here. That means guys, and, and look, we were always surprised at cut down time. There's always going to be one big shocker at least, maybe a couple of them. But players like little Jordan Humphrey or Simi Cobbs, Cyril Grayson Jr., relative long shots to crack the roster, so I didn't include them here. But fans not really thinking that endorsement we talked so much about on the program that Drew Brees gave Austin Carr last week going to carry much weight with Sean Payton and company as they make cutdowns. Also, I have a 
uh, a bet of pride, a bet for an energy drink riding on this with Christian Garrick. So um, I am, look, admittedly, because my own pride's on the line here a little bit, rooting <laughs> rooting for Austin Carr to make this roster. Uh, other than that, I have no uh, you know horse in this race at all. Manuel Butler's an interesting one. Early in camp, he was not only considered a lock to make the roster, he was considered maybe the breakout star of Saints training camp. He hasn't performed well during the two preseason games. He missed the first one against the Vikings. He played against the Chargers and Jets, and he had one drop in each of those games. Certainly a far from fantastic performance in each of those games. He also was injured at a time at camp. But as Christian and Bobby said during their show towards the end when I was joining them, it's it's the promise that he gives, the potential that he has to turn into a very good NFL receiver that is going to make cutting him very difficult for the Saints. I, I do wonder, and I'm assuming that Mickey Loomis is at least putting feelers out there across the NFL, if any team would bite on a trade for Kirkwood or Austin Carr. You wouldn't get much in return, probably just a sixth, seventh round pick, something like that. But a lot of teams are in need of you know, experienced NFL receivers, and I used experience in air quotes because at least those guys have one year of playing with Drew Brees in the offense pretty heavily. Keith Kirkwood would have been a lock. I, I talked about it all preseason long, how I thought he was a lock to make this roster, but he just never got completely healthy and still isn't. He left the Jets game early. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it's going to be a surprise to me anymore if Carr and Butler make the roster and Keith Kirkwood is let off, left off, mainly because of his health reasons. So that was question number one. Again, 42% of fans saying they would cut Austin Carr. 36% said Keith Kirkwood, and 22% said Emmanuel Butler. We'll get to the other questions in a little bit, but we're taking your calls throughout this. You're welcome to give your inputs and react to these polls as we kind of unveil what the results are. We'll go to James in New Orleans first tonight. James, you're leading off for us. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Listen, um, I think uh, uh, what no one's really mentioned, and I keep saying this, is uh, the kid Grayson. I mean, everybody, I, I think everyone can agree that Harris is going to make the roster uh, just based on his kick return ability. But um, Grayson is just a younger version and cheaper version of Ted Ginn. I mean, neither one of them run routes, even though Teddy's been in the league for a long time, but it's his speed that keeps him going, and he's like three, thirty-three, thirty-four years of age. Um, I would, I would give Grayson a shot and maybe trade Teddy. Well, I, look, um, uh, James, I am not going to discount that possibility, but the only reason I think that wouldn't happen is the comfort now, third year with Ted Ginn that Breeze has with him. Ginn is not the same receiver that he was a few years ago. He's not the deep threat he was there, and he provides no value now in the return game as the Saints haven't even let him try that since the 2017 season. I'm not going to be, you know, drop-dead shocked if that happens. I just – I think that they're really – hesitant to cut a player off the roster that provided a lot of production or at least you know a reasonable amount of production the last two years from those spots well said yeah. i mean I, I i do i just kind of think that eventually you're going to have to draft a guy like like uh like teddy and you got to steal and a guy that you, you picked up as a free agent just because he never played wide receiver that's his drawback he he's not really a route runner, but no, neither is Teddy. Yeah, well, I mean, Teddy, let's let's be honest here. I, I understand what you're saying. You're saying Teddy, um, uh, Ted Ginn, you're talking about 
wasn't considered a great route runner in the NFL. He's more of a take at the top off the defense guy, uh, use him on drag routes, uh, end arounds, return game. Uh, he's a much better later in his career at route running, but he's in a different class right now than Cyril Grayson Jr. Any other, Almost any other year. I would say Cyril Grayson Jr., too much promise, especially with that speed. He's going to be on this roster. The Saints are just too deep from really 53 to 90. I, look, I think it was Herbie uh, Teope of the Times-Picayune who had, I mean, it was either he or Rod Walker, I'd have to go check, of the advocate, com, who had Grayson Jr. on their final 53-man roster yesterday when they projected it. So, look, a lot of people here wouldn't be completely surprised if if you are right. 504-260-1870. Hop on in with us. That's 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. We're going over the results of the Saints fan survey that we did for the second consecutive year. Lots of questions and results still to come. I'm Seth Dunlap. Thanks for joining us tonight. Logan behind the glass. And the last lap will continue on WWL. We're going over the results of our Saints fan survey, second annual Saints fan survey. So, look, it's a tradition now here on WWL. You're welcome to give us a call. Text us the numbers you just heard. We just went over question one. Which receiver would fans leave off the final 53-man roster? One of Austin Carr, Emmanuel Butler, or Keith Kirkwood? And fans say they would give Austin Carr the chop. The second question that we pose to Saints fans on Twitter over the weekend which player has been the breakout star of Saints training camp? I think we all agree earlier on Emmanuel Butler would have won this vote in a runaway, but he's had a few quiet weeks. Didn't play in the first preseason game, was injured. A couple of the drops in back-to-back games, and I didn't even have him as one of my three choices that I posted on here. I posted Deontay Harris, Trey Hendrickson, Von Bell, or somebody else. You were still able to write in a vote for Emmanuel Butler, and he did get a few write-in votes. But with over 50% of the vote, no surprise here, I think, Deontay Harris, the electrifying returner that took back a 78-yard punt return for a touchdown against the Jets, wins this vote. Trey Hendrickson, 30% of that vote. Von Bell, the safety who has looked really good in camp in a contract year with 12% of the vote. But fans sided with Harris in this poll. Again, a couple of write-ins for Butler. I don't think this was much of a surprise. I thought, oh, maybe fans will jump on the Trey Hendrickson hype train, but not as much as they have the Deontay Harris one. So that was question two and result number two. Let's go to the phone line. Andrew in uh, Check Bay. Andrew, what's going on? Uh, I've been listening a long time, and I'm a little bit nervous. but uh, You're I good, man. Your opinion. Yeah, I know. I listen to you all the time. Appreciate it. Uh, what do you think? Uh, how many wins? How many losses this year? Saints. Yeah, this is a. It, yeah, it's interesting, Andrew. I actually have to make this prediction official by the end of the week. So on our Friday show, I will officially predict that. So I reserve the right to change this. Yes, but right now, do. but right now in the moment, I'm leaning towards eleven. I'm leaning towards 11. I might go 12. The schedule's just too brutal. I don't think I'm going 13. What about you, Andrew? I think they're going to roll. I, I really do. I think I, I'm picking 13. 13 again. All right. Well, that would put them, that would put them where they were last year, right? Yeah. They yeah. did it how many years in a row? Yeah. Uh, well, two years ago, 11. Last year, 13. But you're right. I don't think anybody's going to be surprised if 
It is another 13-win season for the Saints, even with this schedule. They're just too talented. Thanks for listening, Andrew. Call anytime. 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. Text from the 985, you're never going to finish almost 831 question. Uh, well, we've got through two, and it's 827. We're about to go to number three, so calm down. We've got three hours here on the show, and we have eight more questions to go. But to uh, please that texter, we will go on to question number three which was on our Saints fan survey, which of these players should start in the base defense? Marcus Davenport or Trey Hendrickson? And I have heard that this is at least a legitimate discussion that's come up inside those coaches' meetings. And this was admittedly a tip of the cap poll to Hendrickson. Brilliant preseason for him, and it piggybacks all the growing concern among the fan base that Davenport maybe isn't developing as quickly as expected. I think those fears are premature we talked about how he had four and a half sacks last year before midseason and anybody riding off Davenport's probably has an agenda yet we've got to notice here and pay homage to the the progression of Hendrickson who I think is the better all-around player at this point and that's especially true against the run where opposing defenses have looked at Davenport and said we're going to run right at you perhaps it would be a surprise to see Hendrickson start in the base defense over Davenport, but I only if you view that through the lens of where the two players were picked. So the results of this poll, 60% said Marcus Davenport will start, 40% said Trey Hendrickson, so maybe a little bit closer than some people would think and a lot closer than it would have been had that question been posed before training camp started. I will say this again. If for some reason Hendrickson is starting in the base defense or Hendrickson is getting more snaps, you see him on the field, as much as uh, maybe a lot more than you expected and Davenport less than you expected, don't see that as an indictment of Marcus Davenport. See it as a great thing from Trey Hendrickson that he has developed in year three. That's how I would see it. That was question number three. Let's go back to the phones. Dave on the causeway. Welcome to the show, Dave. Oh, man, thanks for having me. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm great. I uh I haven't been listening to all the discussion uh because I've been busy, but I was trying to get the uh info on where is Cyril Grayson at this point as far as what folks are saying. I mean I've seen his speed. Um I know he's had some trouble with some drops, but you know, a, a gentleman with speed like that um would like to see on the roster what what is your take on him at this point I would have him off the roster I just think the receivers too deep that was actually question number one that I posed to the fans Dave is which receiver are you keeping off the roster Carr Butler or Kirkwood I didn't even have Cyril Grayson there because if Grayson's making the roster maybe two of those guys wouldn't make it so it's just a numbers game Cyril Grayson has that world-class speed that's an asset that you can't teach and like I said last segment uh, Herbie Teope was a guy who, and I believe it was Herbie, who had uh, Cyril Grayson on their projected roster. It was either he or Rod Walker who had it. So, look, some people have Grayson on. I don't. And I, I frankly think it would be a pretty big surprise if he makes it to that final 53-man roster. Thanks for the call. Much more to come as our Saints fan survey continues. Welcome back to the show. We continue going over the results of our Saints fan survey here on the last lap. I posted 10 questions on Twitter Starting last Saturday through the weekend, asking you all the hot-button topics, roster cutdowns, projections for Drew Brees, win projections for the team, 
or at least where you think they'll finish the season and the results, some of them very surprising. So we're going over those. We've been through three of the ten questions. Let's go to question number four here. Shai asked, which of these interior offensive linemen should the Saints leave off the final 53-man roster? And I specifically said interior offensive linemen because it is very interesting that perhaps the three best reserve offensive linemen, at least two of the three best, are interior guys. Cameron Tom and Will Clapp, by all indication, has had a very good camp and preseason. At least that's what Zach Streif and Steve Court tell me, those guys who would know an infinite amount more about <laughs> interior offensive line play than I would. So the three guys that I had up here, Tom, Clapp, and then also Nick Easton. Now, Nick Easton complicates things a little bit because he got this eyebrow-raising contract from the Saints this offseason, $22.5 million. Only four of that was guaranteed. But again, here's where it gets complicated. All of that guaranteed money would be due this year if the team cuts him. In fact, there's none guaranteed just anyways after this season. There are a few salary cap tricks that the Saints Mickey Loomis can use to alleviate the numbers in the immediate hit. But essentially, here's the bottom line. The team would not save any money this year by releasing Easton. So it would be more of just a roster space thing. And you'd have to pay somebody else to fill in that spot. Now, they have a little bit of cap room. I think it was, what, about $6 million right now? So they have the room to make something like that happen. And Easton... If the money were not a factor, I don't think he'd be on this roster. But are you keeping three interior linemen, reserve linemen, when you need somebody on the outside also? Would the team leave off a backup tackle like Michael Ola? Marshall Newhouse has been swinging outside a little bit in favor of keeping three interior linemen. Like I get we've seen stranger things during cut-down time. And I think one year the Saints only started with seven offensive linemen even on the roster. I'm not even talking on the active roster. So we'll see. After wide receiver, this is the position that I'm most interested in watching what they do with this weekend when they make cutdowns. That was question number four. Uh, oh, I should get, let you know what you all voted, right? And that's the whole point of this. Uh, 55% of you said uh, 56%, pardon me, said Will Clapp. So even though Will Clapp, the local boy, Brother Martin High School, went to LSU, 56% of respondents said, given a choice, they would cut Will Clapp. 31% said Cameron Tom. Only 13% said Nick Easton might be because of that contract. 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. Here's a good question, and one that I was really interested to see the results and maybe the most surprising result of all 10 questions. I asked, do the Saints have their quarterback of the future currently on the roster? And I worded it that way very specifically and gave four different possible answers very specifically. The answers were, yes, it's Taysom. Yes, it's Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill. Yes, but unsure who yet. Or no, don't think so. So is the Saints quarterback of the future on the roster? This was a nod to the inescapable Teddy versus Taysom talk that we've had on this show and on social media over the last month, really, you could say the last year. And I think the results show that, well, people aren't quite sure. 28% said yes, it's Taysom Hill. 
11% said, yes, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Now, that in itself is no surprise. With what I've seen from the fan base, much more on board with Taysom Hill possibly being Drew Brees' heir apparent compared to Teddy Bridgewater. What surprised me was 48% of the audience, 48 and a half, I think, 49% of respondents said, no, the quarterback of the future is not on the roster. 13% said, yes, but unsure who. So that is 61% of respondents to the poll saying, hey, they just have no idea who's going to be Drew Brees' successor, which I think is the right call. I don't know who it would be. If I just – you locked me into saying, oh, it's either going to be Taysom or it's going to be Teddy Hill, uh, Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill. I don't know either. And I analyze this for a living, and I watch quarterback play for a living, and I couldn't tell you. So – 28% of Saints fans, according to this, yes, very unscientific poll on Twitter, think Taysom Hill is the heir apparent to Breeze. Only 11% think it's Teddy Bridgewater. But half of you think it's somebody who's not even on the roster yet. Another 13% saying uh, no idea if it's Taysom or Teddy, but it's one of them. It's good stuff there. Good stuff from the fans. Let's go to question number six. Who is the Saints' biggest challenger in the NFC South? And the results we'll give to you after the break. I don't know. Was that a good uh, Ryan Seacrest there, uh, Logan? Is that what he usually does? Logan's giving me the hands up. Who's the biggest Saints challenger in the NFC South? Who's their biggest challenger in the NFC? The next two questions coming up on our Saints fan survey that we did over the past week. I'm Seth Dunlap. The last lap continues. would love to hear from you. Get in on the conversation at 504-260-1870. Again, area code 504-260-1870. You can text us at 870-870. Now, one of my favorite shows of the year, I've been looking forward to this all month, it's the unveiling of our Saints fan survey results. We polled Saints fans online, on Twitter, over the past uh, week or so, well, not quite a week, about the past five days, on questions about roster battles, cut downs, Drew Brees, expectations for the season, Taysom versus Teddy Hill, lots of good stuff, and some of the results certainly surprised me. We're halfway through the survey. Question number six that I posed was, who's the biggest challenger to the Saints in the NFC South? Bucks, Falcons, or Panthers? And once again, we know this division is going to be among the toughest in the NFL. The Falcons are going to be better defensively with Deion Jones, Cam O'Neill, everybody healthy. Carolina's got Cam Newton hopefully healthier, although it sounds like he's a little banged up. The Bucks now have Bruce Arians. Jameis Winston is going to be better for that. And there's a real possibility that all three of the Saints division rivals are going to be better on field than they were last season. Now, keep in mind, better doesn't always mean more wins. It's all relative. It's a zero-sum game, wins and losses across the NFL. But the vast majority of respondents, no surprise here, still feel Carolina, Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta, not Carolina, will be the team's primary challenger in the division. 74% of the vote went to the Falcons. Only 18 went to the Panthers. They finished a distant second. And the Bucks got 8% of the vote. I will say I've had, what, three people on the show, national NFL columnists who have said, watch out for the Bucks. They might be the sleeper team in that division. We will see. 
So biggest challenger in the NFC South, 78% of fans, yep, saying it's still the Falcons. What about the NFC? Who is the Saints' biggest challenger in the conference? That was question number seven. Falcons are in there. I put as a an option. Rams, who they played in the NFC Championship game last year. Eagles, who they played in the divisional round. Or somebody else, and I asked for write-ins. Here was another one of the surprising results to me. Not that the Rams got 48% of that vote or that the Eagles got 23%, but that 22% of voters, of respondents to that poll, wrote in another team. And almost all of those writings, almost all of them except, I think, three, at least for the people who responded after voting other, said the Chicago Bears. A lot of people saying, Seth, you're disrespecting Chicago. And you know what? They might be right. Chicago, of course, losing their first playoff game last year, but that's because they missed a field goal late. They still should have one of the best defenses in the NFL. We'll see what happens with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. Maybe I am. Maybe that was disrespectful to the Chicago Bears. Maybe I should have had them included and maybe not the Falcons. Maybe I just got a little um, inside the bubble jaded because we wanted to include the Falcons in something like that. So 48% say the Rams, the Saints' biggest challenge in the NFC. 23% say the Eagles. 22% said somebody else. Almost everybody who said somebody else saying Chicago did have a couple of write-in votes for the Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks are going to be a conference title contending team, although I do think the Seahawks are going to be pretty darn good. Uh, what is their over-under win totals? Eight and a half. I was talking to David Schultz, uh, covers the Saints and uh, some other teams uh, uh, locally, and he said, it's eight and a half. Seth, what do you think about this one? I was thinking, oh, eight and a half? They haven't won less than nine games in the Russell Wilson era. 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. Let's go to Gary in Lakeview. Gary, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. Yeah, I've, I've had that question come up quite a few times. Who would be the quarterback? I mean, are they still on the roster and all that? Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that the heir apparent was on the roster until I saw Taysom Hill backing up and trying to throw in the pocket. So it appears to me that they could be developing him where he could step back and read the field. Now you got a long way to go to keep up with Drew Brees. And then Teddy Bridgewater, I just kind of feel like, you know, he was injured and he could be uh, um, someone that could step in with Bre- with Brees, but I'm not sure he could really go all the way, you know, like Brees would. Well, that's, so look, that, might have sure, Gary, the, the question that I would pose to you then is, do you think that Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis would have given Teddy Bridgewater $8 million if they didn't really believe in him? No, I really know that they believe in him just like they believed when Drew Brees had a, a shoulder tear, I believe mm-hmm. it was, uh-huh. and they felt that he could come back. I know Teddy Bridgewater is an excellent quarterback, and I'm kind of – there was another question where you kind of think it could be either one, but as far as Taysom, just the fact that he was actually trying to step back in the pocket and throw and read the coverage was very encouraging to me that it could be. Up until then, I just felt that they were just um, using him because he was there. Yep. I, 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 look, I, I feel you, and I think a lot of fans, obviously, according to this poll result, were only 11% thought that Teddy Bridgewater – was the quarterback of the future. I agree with you, Gary. Lots of questions for both in my mind. I'm not ready to call that race at all. I don't know. 
if the Saints, whether are going to go with either of those guys or look outside a house. And, and look, I think the best case scenario for the franchise would be Drew Brees is an MVP candidate again. They win the Super Bowl. He wants to continue to play because he's playing so well. He wants to go the Tom Brady route, not just right off into the sunset after another Super Bowl win, but continue to pile up rings and stats and records. We'll see. We will see. I know Bobby said on the air he thinks that Drew might actually ride off into the sunset. I think he said that last week, but we are months away from even talking about that. Thanks for the call tonight. Speaking of Drew Brees, question eight. Gary, it's a good segue. I asked, how many yards will Drew Brees throw for this season? And I think that's a subtle way that I wanted to ask fans about their thoughts about Brees and his maybe bounce back from a less than stellar finish to last season. He finished last year with just 300, 992 yards passing. That was his first sub 4,000 season since he joined the Saints in 2006. I don't, I don't think it's, it's proper to correlate evaluating his play with simply looking at his passing yards totals. I mean, the team now has Alvin Kamara, who's one of the most dynamic, best running backs in football, and the Saints' offense is probably better now when Breeze isn't throwing for 5,000 yards. But 72% of fans think that Breeze will throw between four and 5,000 yards. 18% say less than 4,000, 10% more than 5,000. So again, I've really liked the results of a lot of these polls, fans being very pragmatic, realistic with their answers, as I do think it is at least two times as likely that uh, Breeze will throw for less than 4,000 then he throws for more than 5,000. If Breeze is having to go out there and toss it around for 5,000-plus yards, I think either Alvin Kamara got hurt or the running game is just brutal or their offensive line is terrible or maybe a combination of any of those. That was question eight. Got two more questions to go. The Saints' season will be a disappointment if they don't. And what are fans most concerned about as we enter the regular season? We will get to those results, plus your phone calls and your texts when we come back. The last lap, the annual Saints fan survey. Going over that tonight and having a lot of fun. Join into the conversation at 504 260 our text line is 870-870, back in a flash on WWL. Hey, I got a text back from the 995 who earlier said, oh, you're not going to make through all of these in one hour. Oh, and he says, it's me. You're doing very well, sir. Yeah, we did. And we almost got through them. In fact, we're going to get through them before the top of the hour. It's the results of our Saints fan survey. Ten questions I asked fans over the last week on social media. We're giving you the results of those polls. We're at question number nine, and I asked, the Saints' season will be a disappointment if they don't, dot, dot, dot. And then the choices were make the playoffs, make the NFC Championship, make a Super Bowl, or win the Super Bowl. Now, I think Saints fans are usually pretty, uh, again, realistic, pragmatic. This one, they went with their heart. 42% said they would be disappointed if the Saints don't win a Super Bowl. An additional 30% said they'd be disappointed if the Saints don't make the Super Bowl. That is 72% of Saints fandom, the Houdat Nation out there, at least according to this poll, who would be disappointed and consider the season a disappointment if they don't at least make the Super Bowl. I guess the altitude of those expectations is unsurprising considering well how the team has exited the playoffs the last couple of years. Finally, question number 10. What area of the team are you most concerned about 
entering the regular season. And I left this as an open-ended question. I asked fans to respond, and boy, did they. I think the most common response to that was pass rush or pass rush consistency. Saw a lot of concern about the depth at wide receiver behind Michael Thomas. Some of the responses we'll go through on Twitter. Espo at I underscore Espo, E-S-P-O. Concerned about receivers not named Mike. From Quail Man, I, at I am Quail Man. Wide receiver options after Mike Thomas. At Clay J2K. Say it with me, people. Cornerback depth in all caps. couple exclamation points and a crying emoji. From at White Shadow 937, Ken Rourke. Pass rush at the end of the half and game defense to get a stop when it matters. Here's one from at Jimmy Vaugh and then a bunch of numbers after it. Pass rush! couple of exclamation points. Thanks to everybody who took part in that Twitter-based survey. It was a lot of fun. Let's go to the phone lines. Jason and Destran, only about 30 seconds, Jason. Uh, Jason, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, the Saints' most concerning problem to me is depth on offensive line. Um, I the second half of the season last year, the offensive line really took a step back as far as effectiveness, and you could really see it on the field. The offense didn't perform as well as it should. Breeze didn't have a great second half, and part of that was because the offensive line started to kind of fall apart. Teron Armstead is definitely going to get injured. He always does. That's, you can book that. So unless they find a suitable backup for him, I don't know if the offensive line is going to have what it needs to, to close it out. So that's, to me, the most important thing on this team is to figure out what they're going to do with the depth at offensive line. Yeah, Good stuff, Jason. And I think that that is near the top or at the top of my list, too. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening, as always. One hour down, two to go. When we come back, Scott Shanley, former NFL linebacker, will join us. Then we go double-dipping inside NFL training camp to Dallas and to New York. But right now, we go live on Facebook. We'll talk about the results of this fan poll, WWL Radio Facebook page. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.